Good morning, good morning to all of you out there. Um, thank you for tuning in with us uh, today to be a part of this sermon, to be a part of this teaching. And uh, we have been talking about engaging Jesus for a number of weeks and all those engagements that Jesus had with different people, different walks of life, and how he interacted with them. And so one of the primary things we wanted to take out of that was our engagement with Jesus. Like, what does that look like? How are we growing in Christ? As things get harder in our life, the more difficult things, are we, are we finding it easier to trust Jesus? Are we growing in our faith in God and what he is able to do and how he is able like, to use the circumstances in our life to help us grow? And are we keeping our eyes on him as we as we walk through the storms of this life, engaging Jesus. Today we're starting a new series. It's called Get In The Game because once we engage with Jesus, he doesn't put anybody on the bench. There are no like bench sitters. There are no spectators. Everyone on God's team is involved in the game, is in the game. We have an active role to play in the work that God is doing on the earth. And uh, I hope I hope you have found your place. If you haven't found your place in the kingdom, in the body of Christ, I hope you're looking for that. You're seeking God, asking God, God, where do you want to use me? There is no room for anyone sitting around watching other people do the work. In the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, every one of you, every one of us, myself included, we all have an active part to play. And uh, that's what we're going to get into in this series called Get in the Game. We're going to use some sports, all kinds of sports analogies uh, as we move forward. And we see in the scriptures that the scriptures use all kinds of metaphors and analogies and primarily sports ones. Let me show you a couple uh, passages of scripture where the idea of sports is used in reference or in a likened to uh, the Christian walk, our faith in Jesus. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, Hebrews says, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so 
The Hebrew writer refers to the Christian walk and the prize as a run, as a race, that we are running this race with great endurance. Notice the Canes, Carolina Hurricanes. Want a big shout out to the Hurricanes as they uh, fight for the uh, Stanley Cup this year in the playoffs. Also, shout out to all the Avalanche fans out there. And then also a little shout out to our Buffalo Sabres who are in contention for winning Lord's Stanley uh, jockstrap. Uh, we're doing a great job. <laughs> we're moving closer to uh, attaining that goal. Uh, we're going to keep working on that. Okay. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's keep building. It's another building year for us. Uh, but Carolina and uh, Avalanche and others, Pittsburgh, still in the fight for the uh, Stanley Cup. Another passage of scripture in the scripture that talks about the idea of this, this uh, analogy of sports. It says, I have fought. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. That's a sports analogy if I've ever heard one. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then again, in Hebrews chapter 12, for the, for, for the, moment, uh, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so the idea of being trained by the word of God and by the things that happen to us in this world, things that come into our world and into our life and into our heart. And there we are. So shout out to the Buffalo Bills. Also, uh, 1 Corinthians says, do you not know that in a race, all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way as to get the prize. And so the Bible uses all kinds of metaphors, analogies, imagery, parables to liken the Christian walk to and, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Like in this, in this Christian, in this walk on this earth as a Christian believer and a follower of Jesus in the world, uh, we see all kinds of uh, sports metaphors and analogies. We see other kinds of analogies as well, like a body. The, 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 the scriptures, the church is compared to a body or a tree or plants or a building. Or sometimes uh, Paul refers to us as a, a jar of clay or clothing, you know, putting on Christ and taking off our sinfulness. It's the idea of a military or the idea of creation and light and a field or a city and so many other uh, analogies that the scripture uses to help us understand what the church or what a Christian walk is all about. Well, I'd like to focus our attention on this analogy uh, in sports. What we're going to do is dissect uh, different aspects of our faith in light of sports ideas and sports kind of thoughts. Everything from the rules to prize, the prize, to the proper com uh, competition attitude that we should have, the attitude in the midst of competing or in the midst of the battle that we're supposed to have over the next few weeks. I'd like to kind of talk about and dig into some of these passages of Scripture that help us understand what it's all about. By game, please note that when we talk about getting the game, by game, we're not trying to trivialize the Christian walk or, or lessen it or make it seem uh, silly or, 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 or a joke or, or not that important. This is very important. But what we're talking about, what we're talking about is the Christian walk when we say 
the idea of get in the game. We're talking about get in the Christian walk, be a disciple of Jesus. And what we're really trying to get to in this sermon series is, is, is the flow the flow of God's work in the world, right? His work in the world, his kingdom flow on the earth, and our role, your role, my role, our position in the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom game plan, what position do you play? That's a good question to kind of help us get thinking about this. In the kingdom of God, if you claim that you're a follower of Jesus and a disciple of his and you've given your life to Christ, what role, what position on the team do you play? And please know, there are no spectators. There are no uh, observers. Today, today we, we, when we entered the game, when we gave our life to Jesus, he gave us a job to do. And so the, the, the overarching question in this sermon series is going to be, what's your job and are you busy doing it? Are you about it? Okay, get in the game, get in the game. So here's our game plan or our strategy for the next uh, bunch, of, a bunch of weeks. Here's what we plan to do. Number one, want to take a good look at kind of like uh, the Goodyear blimp that flies over stadiums all across the country, a lot of football games, NFL, but we want to take that Goodyear, that, that big picture blimp view of what it means to be on God's team, that big picture of the game, what the game is all about and what it looks like. And then I want to spend several weeks kind of digging into the details of the game, the nuts and the bolts of the game, rules and attitudes and things that matter when it comes to competing as a Christian in this world. So today, when it comes to get in the game, here's, here's our truth for today. When it comes to get in the game, what I, what I want to share with you is this. There are two teams and only two teams. And let that sink in. There are two teams and there are only two teams. When it comes to the creation of the universe and the world that we live in and everything involved in it, things that are physical and things that are spiritual, every person, every power, every authority, there are only two teams. There's not a league of many teams. There are only two teams. You're on one or you're on the other. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. No matter how many options that the devil concocts, no matter how many flavors of his side of the, the team or the game that, that he brews up, no matter how many different ideas or teachings or systems that the enemy creates or offers to you and me and the world, there are only two teams. There are not... There are not, get this, there are not multiple ways to heaven. There are not a number of different religions or ideas or systems or people that will take you to heaven. There are not. There are not numerous paths to glory. And no, there is no other person in all of history, 
no other person that came from above, that said he was the son of God, that gave overwhelming proof with miracles and power over elements, disease, sickness, and death, that fulfilled over a hundred prophecies, all of them pointing to the Messiah and the Christ, the Savior of the world. There's only one who foretold of his execution, who died on a cross, was buried in a grave, and who rose from the dead. And then ascended back to heaven after appearing to hundreds and hundreds of people after he was dead and was now raised to life again, there is only one person who is then also coming again to take home those who are faithfully following him and are on his team. There is no other name. There is no other way. There is no other person on the planet but the name and the person of Jesus Christ by which we must be saved. And so there is Team Jesus. There is Team Jesus. And everything and everyone outside of Team Jesus is on the other team. No matter what it is they believe, no matter what it is they think, no matter what system of religion they follow, there is Team Jesus, and then there is everyone else. Everyone else. And everyone else is on the other team. There are only two teams. Two teams in the whole scheme of all of this. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 12. And uh, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus talks a little bit about this. And it's what I want to point out, something that Jesus says, some things that Jesus says. And uh, we're going to look at a passage of scripture. Uh, but I want, to, I want us to, to look at verses 22 to 29 in Matthew 12. If you've got your Bibles, uh, go there. We're going to look at these slides. And, um, and notice what Jesus says, okay, about two teams, two teams and two teams only. So... These people bring to Jesus a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. He healed him of his, 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 his problems. He couldn't hear, he couldn't see. Jesus heals him of his, his talking and his seeing. And all the people, it says, all the people were astonished, and they said, could this be the son of David? In other words, could this be the, the promised Messiah that is to come, that, that was predicted in the prophets? Verse 24, but when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the prince of the demons, that this fellow, Jesus, drives out demons. In other words, by the prince of the demons, he is casting out his own people, his own demons, his own spirits, with his own evil power. Verse 25, Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Verse 26, if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? It's absurd that he would be doing this to himself. 
be like shooting your own soldiers, right? It's like bombing out your own people. That, that's not a good idea. And if I drive out demons, Jesus said, by Beelzebul, by whom do your people, Pharisees, drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first tie up the strong man and then, and then he can plunder his house? So Jesus, in this passage, identifies two kingdoms. He identifies the kingdom of Satan with a strong leader in his group called Beelzebul and the kingdom of God. There are these two kingdoms that Jesus kind of refers to or identifies. And what's going on here is they are accusing Jesus of being of the devil. The Pharisees are. These are the religious leaders. They're, they're saying, Jesus, you are on Satan's team and you're casting out your own players. And Jesus is saying, that is absurd. Why would I ever do that? And then he said, the Son of Man has come and the Son of Man has brought with him the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And so Jesus identifies these two kingdoms and he speaks in the passage, if you see that, he speaks of uh, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. A city, if a city is divided, it's going to be ruined. If a family is divided, it's going to come to ruin. If a household is divided, it's going to crumble. And the principle is very simple. Any group divided against itself, it's just going to tear each other apart. And so there's, there's those who are with you, and then there's those who are not part of the group, right? But you're not going to be dividing yourself. That would be an absurd thing to do. Everything, every group can be divided, and if they're divided, they will not stand. And so in the big picture of, of all of eternity, Jesus comes down to earth, and he clearly says to all of mankind, there are two kingdoms. The kingdom of the air, or the prince of this age, has blinded the eyes of the people. And so once sin entered the world, Satan took over the team planet, temporarily and for now. Jesus then comes to earth and he says, I have brought my kingdom. This is the other option. This is team two. This is team Jesus, team God. And the team on the planet is team Satan. And he comes to verse 30, and look what Jesus says. He says, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Scatters. And so Jesus names the two teams. Because every team has to have a name, right? So we have the team scatterers which is Satan's team, that's people running around, doing whatever it is they want, following whatever system of religion or system of teaching or, or, or gods that they choose. You pick your own or you make one up or you just go ahead and follow yourself. 
all of those false gods, false teachings, are part of this team, Scatterers, and then Team Jesus is those who gather. And so there's those who gather together with Jesus and in the name of Jesus and for the kingdom of Jesus, and then there is everyone else. And they are Team Scatter. <laughs> so he identifies these two sides, and he says, you are either with me or you are against me. And in, in that statement alone, Jesus clearly says there's only two teams. There's a team of people on the planet. There are human beings on the planet that want to honor the God of all creation, who made the universe, who sent his only son, Jesus, to redeem the world. And then there are those who are not on team Jesus. There is nowhere else to be. You don't get to make up your own team or form your own league. There are only two teams, Team Jesus, those who gather with him, and Team Satan, those who scatter away from Jesus and do whatever they want. So the world, the world would like us to be distracted by all kinds of other things, right? The world would like to distract us into thinking that the battle, the battle is really against rich and poor. The world would like to distract us into thinking the, the, the real battle is between the Democrats and the Republicans, two parties. The world would like us to think that the, the division or the hostility or the, the battle is really between races. This world would like us to think it's between the North and the South or against other nations. That's what the world, Satan and his plotting, would like to distract us into thinking that all these other things are the battle, but they are not the battle. Religions like Zionism and, and Messianic Judaism would have us focus on certain conflicts, like conflicts between the Jews and the Gentiles. We see this going on in our world right now. Israel is at battle with all the surrounding nations. Well, Israel, God's chosen people from the days of Abraham and Moses, has been in conflict with all the nations around them since the beginning of time or since the, new, the, the Old Covenant. They are always going to be in conflict because Israel or the Jews strive to follow the God of all creation, and they are not to be bound together, united together with the heathen nations around them. And so there's always going to be this hostility. But the world or religions would like us to think that's the focus of the spiritual warfare. The old covenant versus the new covenant, or, or Israel versus all the nations that surround them and, and keep attacking them and have always done this. While Israel, let me say this, while Israel will always be the people of God from the time of, of, of Abraham, the, the children of God, the Jewish nation, it will only be through Jesus Christ that any of them, Jew or Gentile, will find salvation. See, here's the thing. There are no auto bids in heaven. You don't get an automatic bid to heaven just because you are born a Jew. You must 
Give your life to Jesus Christ, and he must be the Lord and Savior of your soul. You can't go on your parents' name. You can't say, my dad was a preacher or my mom was in the choir. That doesn't matter. Every person will stand before God, and every person will be judged based on themselves. And what they did or what they decided to do with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus and the apostles, they clarify these two kingdoms for us. The, the entire in the entire universe, in all of creation, as far as we can see, as much as we know, there are only two kingdoms. There are only two parties. There are only two teams. So here we go. Number one, a couple takeaways for us as the apostles and Jesus clarify some of this for us. Here's for number one. Number one, there is a conflict between the two. There is a great conflict between these two forces that are at work, these two kingdoms that are at work, and it's called spiritual warfare. Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Paul, the apostle Paul, talk about some of this conflict that is been going on forever. In fact, let me read in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Here's what it says. Isaiah 14, verse 12 and following. Isaiah wrote this. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, uh, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. This is the conflict that has been going on between the two teams, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, since the beginning of time. This desire of Satan's to rebel against God and put himself above God, and God said, no, 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 not happening. God's ultimate power pushed Satan down to a humbled state on the planet Earth. And for now, Satan has had his chance to do a lot of recruiting on the planet. And he's recruiting people through every means possible, through riches, through pleasure, through sickness, through sin. He is wreaking havoc on the planet, trying to pull as many people away from the creator as he possibly can, because he knows that his time is short. One day, Jesus is going to come back and his time will be over. The rebellion, the conflict, is between the two. And the two are Satan and his team versus God and his mighty army. Here we go. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 28, here's what it says. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and Sidon uh, and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Ruby, topaz, emerald, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. 
Your setting and mountain or mountains were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. A guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. This God. Speaking about Lucifer, Satan. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Satan was created till wickedness was found in you. The conflict, the rebellion of Satan toward his maker, the creator God, which is what many people on the planet are following Satan in. They are in rebellion against God. They are doing what they want because they want to be God. They want to control their own destiny. And as much as they think they can, they cannot. And so Jesus, or God, he says, Though or through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from the, among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before the kings. And so what we get here is a glimmer of how this conflict began. How this conflict between God and Satan began. And how this conflict now continues. And there are just these two teams. There is the creator God and who's the maker of heaven and earth and everything in it. And then there's this rebellious team that is conflicting against God constantly. Constantly. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6.12, We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of darkness, forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he urges you and me as members of Team God in that passage to put on what? The full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, and it comes constantly, you will be able to take your stand. You can stand against the conflict of the opposing team coming up against God, coming up against you. There are two kingdoms. One is the dark rebellion against the creator God, and the other is team God, creator of the universe. Point number two. Point number two. In one kingdom, we walk by the Spirit of God. In the other kingdom, they walk by the Spirit of the flesh. The carnal human flesh, the physical, the worldly. This is team rebellion, doing what pleases us, fulfilling our own pleasures. In John 14, 30, Jesus said that Satan is the prince of this world. He is the prince of this planet for now, the physical, fleshly planet that we all have to exist in for now. One day we're going to leave this planet and it's going to be a good day. The day we die is a good day if you know Jesus, if you love Jesus. We're going to find out when we enter into eternity, 
in a relationship with Jesus Christ that what we had on this planet is nothing compared to what we're going to have in heaven. And so when people die in Jesus, it is a very, very good day. But woe to those who die outside of Jesus. It is not going to be a good day for anyone who is a part of Team Scatter, Satan's little soldiers and recruits. It is not going to be a good day for them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, Those who live by the sinful nature, the sinful nature, what they have is their mind set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit of God desires. You see that? The Spirit or the flesh. There's only two sides, two kingdoms. One is represented by living by the Spirit of God and what God's will is and His truth and His way and His Son. And the other is living by the flesh where anything goes. Anything goes. We don't have to do things God's way in, on this team. You can do whatever you want. That is what America is becoming. That is what the world has been for a long time. Don't let God or anyone else tell you what to do. You do you. You do what you want. Just do whatever comes natural for you. And we are dis distorted in our thinking and darkened in our mind. Much of mental health is because of the truth of Romans when Paul says, mankind is darkened in their mind. We call it a lot of things, and we, we, uh, we, we hire people to, to help people with issues of their mind. But the very root problem of the darkness of people's mind and the confusion of who they are and what life is all about it comes from the sinfulness of Satan who has darkened the eyes of the people to the truth. And when you remove the truth, all that's left is chaos and confusion and people mentally messed up. The truth will not only set you free, but the truth will bring clarity to your thinking. The truth. The truth. Church, we are under attack. We are being attacked on every side by Team Satan. And the danger is big, and the danger is constant, and the danger is great. We must, as a church, not water down the truth. We must not say sin is okay when God said sin is not okay. It is not our job. It is not our our. our, our our prerogative to, to turn things that God has said are black and white into gray. We don't get to do that. We don't get to embrace a sinful existence or a sinful culture just because we want everyone to come to know Jesus. There is a truth that must be stood for and, and, and a truth that must be spoken. And people, as human beings, we must line ourselves up under God. We don't get to be on Team Satan and then also be on Team God as well. We must take it, make a choice on what team we want to be on, who we're going to follow, and who our allegiance is to. All right? In this world of delusion, we don't get to water down the truth. And we should never do that. We should never do that. 
Sin is still sin. And God is still God. And God is on the throne. And one day, Jesus is coming back. Number three, number three. There are only two kingdoms. One is the kingdom of light, and the other is the kingdom of darkness. One is the kingdom of truth, and the other is the kingdom of deceit and lies and corruption. In John 9, Jesus said that he is the light of the world. He is the light shining in the darkness. That's what Jesus is. He is the one who came from above and has brought light into the world. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. If you are on team God, you are identified in all of these amazing ways that, that your identity is in Jesus and what he says about you, not what the world says about you, not what you even think about you or what other people tell you. You are identified by what God has said about you. You are a special possession that you, that you may declare the praises of him, of Jesus, who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. He called you off of team Satan, and he put you on his team through the blood of Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection through the cross God has provided for anyone salvation and in a relationship with Jesus we can cross over from team evil team scatter and we can become a member and a, and a player on God's team for now and forever he goes on to say verse 10 once you were not a people but now you are the people of God once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy two teams one that are on the outside, doing whatever they want, identified by whatever it is they want to identify themselves, and the other is Team God, that we identify ourselves by what God says, who God created us to be. And that's what we seek to discover, what God created us to be. And there are only two teams. There are so many other scriptures that we could talk about about spiritual battle and this warfare, about walking by the Spirit and about the light of God's great kingdom. We don't have a lot of time to explore all those different passages, but I hope you will. I hope you will dig into the scriptures about the two kingdoms as you think about getting in the game, these two sides, these two teams, these two kingdoms. But know this, know this, there are two kingdoms and there are only two kingdoms. There are no more. There are no other ways, no other avenues, no other side teams. There's no farm clubs. There's nothing else. There are just two teams, two teams and two teams only. Each kingdom has a ruler. Each kingdom has a territory. Each kingdom has citizens. Each kingdom has a plan. One kingdom is limited to time and the other kingdom is eternal. Each kingdom has a final destination, and only one, one, the kingdom of God, will stand and rule for all of eternity. Only team God and his gatherers. We must choose. You and I have got to choose 
You cannot, the scripture says, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot be on team Satan and on team God at the same time, which is what a lot of Christians want to do. We, wanna, we want the best of both worlds. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we can't have that. You must choose. If you're on God's team, be all in. Otherwise, eat, drink, and be merry. For the end is coming soon. Choose the kingdom of God while you have a chance. And so are you in the kingdom of God? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Savior of your life and entered the kingdom of God through a relationship in Jesus? He is your only way on the team. Joshua said, way back in the Old Testament, choose this day who you will serve you want to serve the gods of the land the gods of this this world the flesh the pleasure the riches you want to serve those gods choose it go for it but if you want to choose god the god of all creation the maker of heaven and earth the one who is eternal from from beginning to end the alpha and the omega and in him you will live forever in life. If you choose God, the only way is through Jesus Christ. In a relationship with Jesus Christ. So give him your life today. I would urge you, be immersed into Jesus Christ. Let him wash away your sin and transfer you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Jesus said, you must be born again. And when we go into that watery grave of baptism, we die to ourselves. We are raised again in a newness of life. We are buried with Christ and we rise again in Jesus and we're born again in him. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit and we no longer live according to the flesh. We are born again, a new creature in Jesus Christ. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Get in the game. There are two kingdoms and only two kingdoms. Let's pray. Father, help us, God, to, to take what your word has said, Jesus, what you said about gathering together with you, about those who gather with you are with you and those who scatter are not. Father, help us to evaluate our own lives and to really ask ourselves, what team are we on? Whose side are we on, really? Not just because we, we show up at a building on a certain day of the week. Not just because we say we grew up a certain way and our parents were that way as well. But because we have made a conscious choice, a decision of our will to say, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to be born again in him. Father, I pray that you would draw many people to yourself. Father, use this word. God, speak to our hearts and draw us to you. Help us give you everything that we are, Lord. We pray in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. There are two kingdoms. I hope and pray that you're on God's team. If you're not, 
send me a note. I would love to talk to you about how to get on God's team. I would love nothing more than that. Have a great week. We'll see you later. God bless you. Thank you.